But the U.S. retirement system broadly is one that works rather than doesn't work. And I think people deserve to know that so we don't end up throwing the baby out with the bathwater. This is 401k Specialist Editor-in-Chief Brian Anderson, and this is the 401k Specialist Podcast. The next time you see a report in the mainstream media about how Americans are heading for a major retirement crisis because they aren't saving enough money, today's guest says you might want to take that with a grain of salt. Andrew Biggs, Senior Fellow at the American Enterprise Institute and a former Deputy Commissioner of the Social Security Administration, is perhaps the most well-known critic of anyone out there saying America is heading for a retirement savings crisis, and there's plenty of examples where he refutes studies that mainstream media locks onto to conjure up dire forecasts of America's retirement picture. A couple of those examples are quite recent, as a matter of fact, as back in late August, he published an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal with the headline, You're Probably Saving Enough for Retirement, and a new working paper released at the end of August through the American Enterprise Institute that says the Social Security Administration is significantly exaggerating the shortfall of the retirement income replacement rate that Social Security benefits provide to beneficiaries. We're going to dive into a discussion about both of those in a second, but first off, welcome back to the 401k Specialist and Podcast, Andrew Biggs. Hey, thanks very much. My pleasure to be here. All right. Well, let's start off by talking about uh, the recent op-ed uh, you wrote for the Wall Street Journal which critiqued a new government accountability office report for presenting an unduly grim picture of Americans' retirement savings. Uh, In that op-ed, you mentioned that uh, mainstream media sensationalism is making things appear even worse with scare tactic headlines and cherry-picked stats that make it seem like the country is facing a huge retirement savings crisis, when in fact, uh, you say that most Americans who need to be saving for retirement are already doing so. Can you explain how you see the media making uh, something out of nothing and trying to stir up a storm that might not exist? Sure. Um, well, I mean, the, the news media predicting a you know, so-called retirement crisis for at least two decades. Um, you know, the, the story is traditional pensions have been going away. Not enough people are offered 401ks or they're offered a plan, but they forget to sign up. Or they sign up, but they don't contribute enough. Or they should work longer, but they can't. Or they spend down all their savings in retirement. Or a spell on a nursing home, leave them bankrupt. I mean, there's this whole you know, litany of things that could go wrong. What the media don't report is all the things that have gone right. And the data show that more Americans are saving larger amounts for retirement than ever before. I mean, there was never a time in the past when more than 30% of private sector workers were offered a traditional pension. Today, the Bureau of Labor Statistics reports that 69% of employees are offered a retirement plan on the job. Similarly, if you go back to the 1970s, when traditional pensions were at their peak, Total contributions uh, to those plans from employers and employees were equal to about 6% of employees' wages or salaries. Today, contributions average around 9% of salaries. So that's a 50% increase in the amounts Americans are putting aside for retirement. You know, we also often hear that Americans can't work longer. We can't delay retirement. So, you know, something like improving or raising the Social Security retirement age, that has to be off the table. 
you know, the people say, well, older Americans' health is too bad, or there aren't jobs available, or there's age discriminations. The, the thing is, this is a little bit like, you know, the, the, the scientists who said, oh, in theory, a bumblebee shouldn't be able to fly. You know, the physics are wrong, but the bumblebee flies anyway. You know, this is the, the, where Americans, you know, they, they hear these criticisms, but they don't listen to them. If you look at labor force participation today among older Americans, it's the highest on record. And the average American today is delayed claiming Social Security benefits by about a year and a half compared to 1990. That means about a 10 percent increase in their Social Security benefits relative to what they would have had if they retired earlier. All of this has had, has had rewards to it. You know, seniors today have the highest incomes on record. They have the lowest rates of poverty on record. They have lower rates of poverty than working age Americans or than, than kids. So it's, it really is a story over time that, that retirees' incomes have been rising faster than the incomes of, of other Americans. You know, since, uh, in the late seventies, retirees' incomes have risen essentially twice the rate of those of working age Americans. And, you know, not everything is perfect, you know, you re- but the U.S. retirement system broadly is one that works rather than doesn't work. And I think people deserve to know that so we don't end up throwing the baby out with the bathwater. All right. Uh, you also say in the op-ed that the GAO misinterprets the Federal Reserve data that it's analyzing in the report in, in three important ways that once corrected, would paint a very different picture. Can you summarize briefly those uh, the three problems you see here? Well, the, the Government Accountability Officer, what we call the GAO, they're they're the research arm of Congress, and they do do a lot of good work. But as an agency, they've really bought into the idea that America faces a retirement crisis. And I think worse than that, they really like to generate headlines. Uh, for instance, you might have heard Senator Bernie Sanders claiming that half of Americans approaching retirement have literally zero retirement savings. You know, the GAO is the agency that produced that number, but fact checkers have shown, you know, multiple times that claim is false. You know, if you count both retirement accounts and traditional pensions as retirement savings, then three quarters of near retirees have savings. And the remaining group that don't are actually very, very poor. People you wouldn't expect or, or, or desire really to be saving for retirement. So it's, they sort of specialize in these sort of headline producing, but mid, misleading sort of analyses. The GAO's most recent study goes further. I mean, it claims that only one in 10 lower income workers have any retirement savings. But when you dig into the numbers and you, and you go to the same data and you replicate it yourself, the, the, the picture starts to fall apart. You know, in the group the GAO calls, quote, low income workers, only one third of them are actually working. Two thirds of their so-called low income workers don't have a dollar of earned income from any household member. The important thing to remember here is retirement savings are tied to work because savings are intended to replace earnings that disappear once you retire. You know, things like you know, welfare benefits for poor people or investment income for the rich, they don't stop in retirement, but earnings do. And so it's not surprising that most people who aren't working don't have a retirement plan. The GAO also claims that the federal tax preference for retirement plan contributions drives inequalities in retirement savings. 
Um, they say, you know, this is because rich people, they claim, pay higher marginal tax rates. And so they get a greater benefit than low earners who pay lower rates. But that just misunderstands how the federal tax preference for retirement plan contributions works. Federal law defers taxes until contributions are withdrawn. But you still do pay taxes on those, on those contributions. So moreover, some research finds that tax rates drop in retirement more for low earners than for higher earners. What this means is that for dollar for dollar, the tax deferment is actually a better deal for low-income Americans than it is for high-income Americans. The reason the rich save so much more for retirement has nothing to do with the tax preference, which a lot of economists think actually doesn't affect savings very much. Rather, the rich save more because they get much lower replacement rates from Social Security. A low-income American might get a, a benefit from Social Security that's equal to 70 or 80% of their pre-retirement earnings. So they really don't have much reason to save on top of that. But if you look at truly higher earner making, say, $300,000 per year, they're going to get a Social Security replacement rate of just 15% or so. So if that higher earner wants to get a total retirement that's equal to, say, 70% of his pre-retirement earnings, as many financial planners recommend, he's got to save much, much more than a lower earner would. So that by itself you know, explains the inequality you see in private retirement savings and 401k balances and so forth. That's the thing that GAO should focus on. Now, that's not a particularly troubling um, outcome, but it's also something that doesn't really make newspaper headlines. So instead, they're focusing on things that are really inflammatory, but at the end of the day, don't make much sense. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to the the, the new working paper, which uh, we covered recently on 401k Specialist. Um, that concludes that Social Security Administration is doing Americans a great disservice by exaggerating the shortfall of the retirement income replacement rate that uh, the benefits provide due to a flawed calculation method. So what's kind of the crux of the problem that you see here? Well, it's common to read uh, that for a typical American, Social Security benefits will replace about 40% of their pre-retirement earnings. I've been reading that factoid since I started working on this issue in the late 1990s. So if you want to hit a total replacement rate of 70% of retirement of pre-retirement earnings you know, from all your sources, if Social Security is providing 40%, you've got to make up the other 30% yourself. And some people say, well, that's too much to do. So we should raise Social Security benefits or do something else. The thing that's important to know is that the SSA calculates replacement rates differently than most financial planners would. Um, while replacement rates usually compare retirement income to the retiree's own past pre-retirement earnings, SSA's approach, you know, it has certain kind of mathematical mumbo jumbo in the background that I won't get into, but SSA's approach effectively compares the Social Security benefits paid to a new retiree in a given year to the average wage of workers in that same year. In other words, they're comparing one person's Social Security benefit to some other people's earnings not to that retiree's own past earnings. Now, since wages tend to increase over time, over and above inflation, the SSA approach makes Social Security replacement rates appear lower. You know, what, what that means is the earnings of workers in the workforce today are higher in real terms than the earnings were in the past, which means that the, the, the Social Security replacement rate, when you compare Social Security benefit to current workers' earnings, 
it's going to be lower than if you compared that same Social Security benefit to the retiree's own past earnings, which were lower. So, you know, if, if we compared uh, your reti- an average retiree today, his, his Social Security benefit to his own career average earnings adjusted for inflation, you know, the purchasing power he had over his working career, instead of a 40% replacement rate, we'd be looking at around a 50% replacement rate. Now, what that means is if you've only got to get to 70% for, for an adequate total retirement income, Social Security is providing a much greater share of that. That's a more positive picture in terms of the generosity of Social Security, but it's also a, a more positive picture for overall retirement incomes. Um, if we look at Americans' total retirement incomes today, including not just Social Security, but retirement benefits, withdrawals from retirement accounts, earnings in retirement, and so on, the average person today has an income that's equal to about 110% of their inflation-adjusted pre-retirement earnings. That's, that's really very solid. But there's actually a second, more technical point I hit on in this study looking at Social Security's replacement rates. And it's a kind of a stranger point, but it's how the, the replacement rate definition that Social Security uses makes it appear as if our retirement security is getting worse, makes it seem as if future retirees would be worse off than today, that, um, that we face a retirement crisis. Now, the SSA has a sophisticated computer model. And when I was at the agency, I worked with it. But it looks both at current retirees and also projects income for future retirees. Now, using the SSA's approach to calculating replacement rates, you know, the one that compares your the income of a retiree today to the wages of workers today, that SSA model says the median replacement rate is projected to decline for future generations, and the share of Americans with low replacement rates is projected to increase. So that's that's your evidence for a retirement crisis. It's a very sophisticated model, millions of dollars spent on it, and it seems to project that there's a retirement crisis. But there's kind of a twist to this, and that's that Social Security's trustees, the guy who did the trustees report every year, they project that the growth rate of wages will be higher in the future than it was in the past. Now, you know whether they're right, who knows, but that's what they project. Now, if you remember that SSA's replacement rate effectively compares the incomes of people retiring today to the wages of workers today. When wage growth is assumed to be higher, that means the wages of workers today will be higher. And that sort of sets a higher bar for today's retirees to meet. You know, with SSA's approach of trying to match the, you know, the earnings of current workers, retirees are always sort of chasing a moving target because earnings rise over time. But when you assume wage growth is faster, then that target is, is, is moving faster. It's harder to catch. They're setting the bar higher because they're assuming higher economic growth. Here's the interesting thing. When SSA ran its same computer model, but instead of calculating replacement rates comparing to today's workers, they compared retirees' incomes to the, those retirees' own past earnings over their career adjusted for inflation. You know, the real purchasing power that those people had during their working careers, retirement or replacement rates for future retirees will be the same or actually slightly higher than for today's retirees. The share of future retirees with low replacement rates, you know, we think of inadequate incomes, is actually going to be slightly smaller in the future than it is today. So the, the, the twist here is that sort of this, when people are predicting this retirement crisis, you look at this SSA study and their model predicts retirement crisis, it has nothing to do with the things you would 
think it would, like, you know, traditional pensions giving way to 401ks. But it all comes down to this weirdly technical way of measuring placement rates that really doesn't make any sense. (laughs) All right. Well, we've covered a lot already here. But uh, before we wrap this up, uh, can you share anything else that's on your agenda through the end of the year? Anything we should be on the lookout for as we head towards 2024? Well, I spent uh, the summer finishing up a the draft of my first book, which uh, will be tentatively titled "The Real Retirement Crisis," and you know it hits on some of the points that I made today. You know, showing that you know, despite what many people claim, Americans have largely been doing what's necessary to improve their retirement income. You know, they're saving more, they're working later, they're, they're doing what you think they would have to do. The real retirement crisis, though, is really on the government side of the ledger. And that's true in the U.S., but it's it's true, you know, really in countries around the world. There's always the incentive for government to promise retirement benefits but not really fund those plans. Here in the U.S., Congress has gone 40 years without fixing Social Security, even though they know exactly what's happening and what are the choices available to fix the problem. Now it's underfunded by $20 trillion. So part of the broader theme of this is that that we don't necessarily want to give up on people saving retirement on their own and hand more responsibility to government because the data really do show that households themselves have done a pretty good job of increasing the retirement savings while unfunded liabilities in federal programs, in state and local government pensions, those just keep getting bigger and bigger. So I think there's a broader theme here in terms of how we think about our own retirement savings, but also how we think about public policy towards retirement. All right. Well, this is uh, this has been very enlightening. I appreciate uh, appreciate you sharing your insights with us today on the 401k specialist podcast. Andrew Biggs. Thanks. Hey, thank you. 